Welcome back. It's your host, Rob Morris. You're listening to the Ribs and Us podcast, episode 13, part two. Um, I didn't say that in the first segment. So like I say, again, you're listening to episode 13. All right. Um, so like I said, we're getting into the we're going to get into the dynamics of uh, what could possibly end up being with, uh, you know, potential, you know, big news today. Um, and we'll get to see how, you know, how it will all work out with the young guys and how, how this will fit. So like, if you haven't heard, you got living under a rock, um, earlier today, uh, Wojnarowski just, uh, was on ESPN and just reported that obviously there's been rumblings before this even happened. I mean, before this report from, uh, other major news sources, but Obviously, this is, like, one of the more legit sources that you can possibly, like, you know, you're possible out of all sources in the NBA. Like, this is the most legit source in the NBA. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reported early on today that Kimball Walker is is likely to sign with the Celtics. You know, his, you know, his possible choices, um, obviously, is the Mavericks. Mavericks are giving him interest as well as the Lakers, um, out of all of his choices, he's he's likely to choose the Boston Celtics. So this could mean a lot of things, positively and negatively. I mean, you gotta hear me out on both sides here, because it's just I thought about this uh, long and hard. You know, kind of. I mean, I I had an article um, on the website was called uh, "What's Next for the Celtics," and I discussed a lot of these dynamics. I didn't know that we would have a chance to get Kimball Walker. I didn't know that um that Al Horford was going to was going to opt out of his contract. I knew he was going to opt out, but I didn't know he was going to opt out and actually like not return to the Celtics at all. So what I what I discussed on 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 the article that I wrote early in the month was that possibly Danny Ainge if if let's just say Al Horford uh um, where to opt into his, his $30 million player option, you could probably, you know, kind of kind of play coy with him and kind of um, look for him as a, as a way to try to deal off that deal. But, I mean, maybe those discussions were, were, were already taking place, under, uh, you know, not under the scope, you know, and this is probably why Al Horford wants to leave because he probably knew what the Celtics' plans were. Uh, Danny Ainge probably was honest about his plans with uh, how he felt about, you know, keeping Horford on the roster, and probably he needed the flexibility because he knew Kyrie Irving was going to leave. So, like, obviously, we all, I mean, we it's not official yet, but we, I mean, it's literally like, like, we already know he's probably going to the Brooklyn Nets. It's pretty much a, uh, pretty much a done deal at this point. Like, like, it would be a drastic, drastic change if he decides to go back to the Celtics at this point. Like, we all know that this season was a disaster because his his he was literally out the door like probably when the playoffs probably when the playoffs was going on he was he was literally out the door so no wonder why the team just sunk like a like a like a like a sink, sunken ship in that second round playoff series but uh I digress let's let's stay stay on stay on topic but yeah like I mean there's a lot of dynamics with this whole thing and you know with how I mean, with Al Horford and, and just 
you didn't have you didn't know he was gonna have that flexibility to have a max slot. You didn't even know he was gonna have the cap space for it. I th- I thought, you know, what I wrote in the article is I thought like maybe you could use Cal Al's a trade trade chip to possibly get a center to replace him. But uh, obviously, I mean, obviously, if you look at the way Danny's drafted, I was like, all right, uh, you, you picked up a few guards, you picked up you know a, a, a wing player in, in Langford. And you got an undersized power forward. So I would think you would probably target the center position in free agency. But um, maybe he thought, like, all right, I'm going to try to get the best player available. But it just seems like that's what Danny Ainge tends to do. Um, he tends to swing for the fences. He tends to go after the best available player in every situation. He doesn't really look for fit. Or he doesn't, like, try to, like, try to, like, you know, look for need or whatever to try to, you know, balance out the roster, which I feel like probably could be uh, could be a poss a potential issue if he tends to always think in that realm, because I mean you got a lot a lot of things, a lot of different scenarios that could work out positively or they could easily work out negatively, depending on how how you look at it. So I mean, I'm looking at it like this. A lot. Of, I mean, this is a this is a great discussion that I can. I'd love to like get into people. If anyone wants to get involved in it, like, you know, maybe comment, you know, on my page or whatever, uh, your opinion on what could go on. I'll probably make a few, you know, links or whatever to kind of get you guys interested in discussing this topic. But it's I think it's a huge discussion. Um, what do you do with the situation? I mean. You, I mean, it looks like you're going to sign Kimmel Walker. Uh, he has a he has pretty much a similar skill set of what Kyrie Irving has. Um, do you want to go that direction where you kind of have a, a stacked roster of, of more like, you know, ball of dominant ball dominant type scores on your team? Like there has to be some type of balance. And I felt like last year's roster didn't have enough balance where you had. Um, you maybe had a few ball dominant scores here. You had maybe a few hustle guys here. Maybe you had a few, you know, Attili guys that do everything well, you know, there. Like, you, I think you need a mixture of all three elements of your team, or maybe guys that don't need to have the ball in their hands. Maybe like you know, sh- you know, spot up shooters like JJ Reddit that come off of screens or pin downs that don't need to have the ball in their hands. Like, you gotta have some type of a mix of those guys. You can't really. Sometimes ta- stacking up talent could, could actually hurt you in the long run or could, you know, may not benefit you like you think. So I felt like that was an issue with this team a lot la- last year. There was a lot of ball-dominant players that won the ball in their hand, and they had similar skill sets. So it's kind of a dangerous turn that Danny's doing. Like, it could work. I mean, I'm I'm going to always, you know, be – um and Danny we trust and you can call me a homer I don't care but I mean obviously it's a national show so I'm gonna obviously like have views on all dynamics and I'm gonna and I'm not afraid to like criticize my home team I'm not gonna be those those fans out there that that say oh well I'm gonna support the Celtics matter I'm gonna support the Celtics matter what but I'm not gonna like not um tell it how it is like like I've don't think this may be the best move. I think 
you're just doing it because you want to like please other other you know maybe the public's you know perception of what your team is and it looks like your team is in turmoil and so you try to say let's try to get this high echelon player so that way we can kind of quiet the perception that we're we're a bad organization and i mean obviously this season was a disaster i mean you got through it and now you're you you still have a lot of pieces in place that that still keep you in a position to be you know to be a contender or be a potential contender. I mean, you got Jason Tatum, you got Jalen Brown. Uh, obviously, Tatum going into his third year and Jalen Brown going into his fourth year. So it's like they're in that crucial time in their career where they're gonna make that jump. From you're gonna find out if they're actually superstar players or not by this time. You know, this part of their career. This is where you know most superstar caliber players make a jump from maybe role player ish type of players to kind of just kind of just not trying to, you know, rock the boat or whatever to, you know, I want to be the guy. This is my team. I want to kind of, I don't want to say it in in a, in a selfish type of sense that they, but it's just, I mean, usually if you're that guy, you're that superstar ish type of player, you're going to want the ball in your hands. You're going to want the keys to the ship or the, the, the keys to the car so that way you can maneuver the whole, you know the franchise and and you have to figure out um that if Tatum or Jalen Brown are actually that those type of players obviously you would probably slide Tatum as a number 1 and you slide you know Jalen Brown as a number 2 so you you got to figure out if those if those guys are actually um those caliber players and the only way you can do that is let them you know, develop and give them the keys to to the castle. So, with this move, it obviously, yeah, Danny Ainge is in win now mode, as you can see, by getting this, you know, getting the, uh, a player that kind of replaces what Kyrie Irving had. Ky, Kyrie Irving uh, gave us uh, last year with his production. You're pretty much getting a similar uh, player and a similar skill set that's kind of ball dominant, score first type of point guard. You know, I I have issues with him in other ways too. Like I think he's undersized, but I feel like, you know, if you could do what you did with Isaiah Thomas, and it's not gonna really hurt you that much. You know, having an undersized point guard that is score first, it's not gonna hurt you that much. But <clears throat> excuse me, but it's like I said that dynamic where it could be conflicting with the younger players that are developing that you. That you picked high in in the in the draft. It's not like you're picking these guys in the twenties or the or the teens or whatever, and you're not expecting them to be those type of players. But like you pick these guys high, so it's a certain type of com- com- commitment and, and and certain type of thing you have to invest in a type of pick like that. And you had two of those guys that are you know we all know how good they are. They're not no slouches out there like they actually can get the job done we've seen what they're able to do without Kyrie Irving that year and they were able to go into the Eastern Conference Finals so I mean I'm kind of you know being like you know how you you're a mother or, or father and you, you're looking out after your child that's, that's, that's kind of how I feel about my basketball team I'm a home 
you know, obviously I'm a big fan of the Celtics and you're kind of cautiously thinking like, is this the right move? Like, are you just drawing money at this player because you feel like you want to please, you know, uh, or you want to like, kind of like, I would say, I would say, I'm trying to think of the right word, probably say to appease, you know, others that think that your, that your franchise is sinking and drowning and you don't, and you're, you're, you're so scared or, or you fear that, um, that you're going to be mediocre, that you're going to, that you're going to, that you're going to go downhill really quickly. So, I mean, I know it tends to look like that on the outside, but I feel like, um, all it takes is a little bit of patience to figure out, you know, where you, where you are with those young guys. And, and maybe this is a kind of a panic move in, in a sense, in a sense, I'm not saying it, like I said, you have to try to, the key thing is the, to get the best players on your team. I understand that, but when you already have like something already good, and then you also have that Gordon Hayward, um, dynamic as well. Like, I mean, how is that going to work? You know, now you have, a, now you have to potentially have a lineup like if this is like I said if this is official Kimball walk if he does Kim Walker does go to the Celtics then you have a potential lineup starting lineup of Kimball Walker Jalen Brown Jason Tatum and Gordon Hayward those are four guys that are score first type of guys that have the, have the ball in their hands like I don't know I mean it's a lot like last year's dynamic and it didn't work in a lot of reasons I know that Kyrie Irving he had his issues and as we, as you know, we you heard a lot of stories that Hayward, um, by you know Brad Stevens trying to get Hayward involved early on, starting him early in the year, trying to get him involved and paint playing regular minutes, even though he he was playing really bad at you know early in the year, as we all remember, you know they had that terrible start. You know they started five hundred to start the year and and. You know, like we've heard the rumor. I mean, I wouldn't say rumors, but possibly could be true. Like just like that really broke up the locker room and really started the issues because, you know, Brad was, you know, potentially force feeding, you know, a player that he knew that he coached in college that, you know, oh, what is he, the teacher's pet? Like, oh, so he's he's got to get all these minutes because, you know, you know, they because he coached them in, in college, kind of like a, you know, like a like a father-son type of dynamic where you're that like Brad Stevens is the father and Gordon Hayward is the son. And, oh, so he gets special treatment. And it, it, so that really kind of really um, made, made things kind of worse. And that was probably one of the bigger problems. And I don't, like I said, I think people, are, oh, I think oh, people are making it like it's a huge problem. There was a lot of, listen, there was a lot of problems with this team as, as you, as we all could see, there was a ton of problems, and that's why this team failed so much, and really didn't uh, eclipse their expectations like they, they like they should have. But I think I think it's unfair to give Gordon Hayward a lot of like slack, like they're giving him. Like I mean, I felt like they had to do it in some in some aspect. They had to do that. They had to like get him reps so that way he could be ready by the time playoffs started. So that way he would be the, you know, the Gordon Hayward that we all know that played in Utah. So it's just like, it's, it was a process. And I think people, you know, with the expectations and the pressure of the expectations, it, it really, it really 
got to people and it really it really caused a lot of conflict in the locker room and caused a lot of conflict with the team so i still think i mean we all know i mean as you can hear like Kimball Walker, you hear the stories that he's a much better character guy than what Kyrie was, not as selfish, not, you know, willing to defer. I think that's the only way it's going to work. Like I said, I'm, I'm skeptical for a reason because I feel like, you know, Kimball Walker did take a lot of shots last year. He was probably one of the top shot takers in the entire league last year because he had to because his team was pretty bad to mediocre, so he had to. He had to take that many shots. He had to really be that type of guy to really carry his team. But obviously, this is a different dynamic here. I'm I'm using dynamic like a lot. Like let me stop. Like change up my words every now and then. But <laughs> but yeah, like but yeah. So yeah, I was I would say like like that is gonna be something you gotta look at after. I mean, Brad Stevens. Uh, I thought he had a bad year as well as controlling and managing the Eagles in the locker room. Like, this is going to be where he's going to make his money. This will be the year where he makes his his money. He makes a pretty good salary as being a head coach for the Boston Celtics. Um, this is why he's here, okay? He has to step in and kind of assert himself as the, the coach of the team and have to. he's going to have to manage this better than he did last year. Because this is going to be a similar dynamic where things could get a little could, could get a little testy, things could get a little testy, and he's going to have to be more assertive and be in charge of that locker room. Because it, I, mean, I, I look at a, a situation where you know there'll be it'll be times where Jalen Brown or maybe Jason Tatum are just a little bit immature. You know they they don't understand that they you know they want to be you know lead guys on their team and right now you know with Kimball Walker there it's not going to happen so he has to rein them in so they can buy in like they weren't you know early in the year you've seen Jalen Brown not buy in at times and not give it his all like he did but later later on the year he got better at it same thing with Tatum I think Tatum has to be better like he has to play you know play his game and play it the right way like he, you know, the best station Tatum he can possibly be. So it's like it's a lot of things they have to work out for this to work. If you have a lot of mouths to feed, it's, you know, you have to. I mean, obviously, we'll see how the bench looks. I mean, maybe the bench might not be as loaded as it was last year. Like the bench was loaded. You had Marcus Morris, Terry Rozier coming off the bench, guys that did want the ball in their hands. Um, so, and same thing, Marcus Smart, same thing. He wants the ball in his hands. So it's like, you have to figure out how you're going to work that. Um, maybe, like I said, you have a loaded starting lineup, which it looks like that's what it's going to be. We don't know what the center position will be. We're going to get into that next. Like I said, this is going to be a deep, deep conversation I'm going to get into. But yeah, like, we ha- I mean, we'll have to see how that bench will look. Obviously, it's full of rookies right now. And, you know, you know, players that haven't really established themselves yet. You know, you got Semi, you got Gershon as well, Robert Williams, the third. So a few, you know, a lot of young guys in that bench. So, and then obviously Marcus Smart. I mean, if he doesn't, obviously at this point, he looks like he's going to be, you know, your six-man-ish type of player, your utility guy. So, 
Um, yeah, so they're going to have to work that out. Um, make sure it's not, you know, pouting or anything like that, like it was, or just guys, you know, wondering what their role is. Because we heard reports that, uh, I think it was, uh, I forget his name. His name is Sean Davini, I believe. He, I don't know if I got it exactly right. His uh, pronounces uh, last name right, but he had reports that saying that Brad had an issue with communicating with the players with their roles on the team. So I think that's extremely important as a coach. You need to be able to like uh, put put it forth to your players that oh, I need you to do this such and such night. I need you to be this guy this entire year, and you you have to communicate that to your players you can't just think like we're all this we're all that we're all leaders like i get the all leader part but i just think that you still have to pin pinpoint what you expect out of each player because if you don't have that then they don't know what they want and then that creates a lot of conflict because they're thinking well i i'm used to playing like this all my life and that's all i'm used to playing with i mean i i wasn't pointed out what i needed to do for this team so it's like it's always different for every team. Like I mean, the roles change every year. So you gotta always kind of communicate that. You can't just like have them thinking that oh, play your game or something vague like that. You have to literally, literally pinpoint and be detail oriented about what you expect out of each player. So that they, I, I mean, obviously there was a port out there that that was an issue last year. So like I said, that's a part of Brad Stevens that he needs to improve on. So he can be a better coach, but but I digress. Well, but it's a it's a lot it's a lot with that move. I just I just I bottom line is people just have to buy in. Like you're gonna have to just buy in. Um, this is a winning winning uh winning town. Like we have to compete with all the other teams that want, that are win now as, as well as you guys, Patriots and Red Sox. Um, so. We have to see how it works out. I mean, obviously, it's not official yet, so who knows what could happen in the next couple of days. But as far as I know, when Woj says something, usually it's is pretty much 100% accurate. So people are celebrating on the radio today. I was hurt. Was one of my favorite stations, 95 the Sports Hub in Boston. Shout out to them. Like they they were able to bring that news out to me. So as far as I know, Woj. Adrian Wojnarowski reported that early on in the day that Kimmel Walker is likely going to the Celtics. So it's a lot of dynamics that go with that. We'll have to see how it how it all shakes out. But another reason why I'm kind of a little skeptical of this move is that now you're giving max dollars to to another guard. You're kind of you kind of it's it's kind of a, a position where you're kind of already strong at already. I mean, you got smart. Already, you know, you got, you got, um, you, you drafted Carson Edwards, where I feel like he's going to be a great scorer in this league. Then you got Tremont Waters, where he can do everything out there, all around point guard, can pass and shoot, can do a lot of different things in a, in a small stature. So, you got a lot of different, uh, players at that guard position, as well as your deep at the wing position. So, it's like you got a lot of, a lot of perimeter players. You're overloaded in perimeter players. You got to have a little more balance with your roster. There's not really that many physical 
um, front court players that you don't have that you sh- probably should target with that money. So my advice, like I said, I mean, you heard rumors that uh, that you know after the draft they were targeting Nikola Vukovic out of from the Orlando Magic. Um, he's probably going to command about a twenty-five million dollar contract. Um, like I said, I was really high on him. I, I mean, obviously, you know, it's tough to really know what you can expect from these uh, smaller market type of guys that, you know, they really didn't have the spotlight on them. So now he's going into a probably a, a more of a, a a market that's a bigger market. So how is he going to fare with playing in that market? You know, same thing with Kim Walker. He's going into a bigger market. So. But you think he probably would probably succeed in that market where maybe Nikola Vukovic, you might have some question marks. But I feel like you kind of need a center that um, if you're going to be playing a, a, a lineup of Hayward, Tatum, and Brown, which most likely you should be walking into the season with that type of lineup, you're looking, you're looking at a really small lineup. So you're going to need a big guy or or a center that is going to be able to get you a double-double every night. Like, that's what you're looking at. You need someone that's going to give you a double-double every night, and Vukovic definitely fit that um, mold completely. So, and they and they have room, other rumors out as well. Uh, they're also, Celtics are also linked to Steven Adams from OKC. Um, they're also linked to Clint Capella in Houston, which I... I put that down as like maybe a guy they that they would target with Al Horford. If they if Al Horford would have opted in or or he maybe decided to, that he wanted to leave, like I had a feeling that Al Horford wanted to leave. So I, I made that prediction on the on the site website that he would probably go into another team. So I had a, I had a feeling that they were gonna go with a, a a different direction with at the center position, but I didn't know they were gonna. Um, have the cap space they had but yeah so like I said they had the cap space you know this they they got rid of Aaron Bain so that created more cap space and I just say all right go all in with the center position why not just go all in you got you drafted some guards that have some potential that have some promise and then you have you know good wing players now you need to now you need to um actually attack the the center position because that's probably your weakest position to give your roster more balance and they didn't do that so that they're probably heading into um to free agent you know and they want to give max dolls to kim walker instead of nikola vukovic but like i said a lot can happen things could change but i just feel like they should be giving that max money to a center i just that's just my opinion and I don't know. I mean, like I said, I like Vukovic. I, I I don't really have the question marks that some people do. I think he'll he'll be a great fit here. And I don't know. There's a few other guys they're linked to as well. Willie Cauley Stein in Sacramento. Um, now a uh, uh, latest one is that they're, they're also linked to Ennis Cantor. So out of all those guys, I think Luka Vukovic fits them the best because not only can Vukovic. Uh, be a double double machine he also can shoot the three which a lot of those other guys can't so you know Adams doesn't shoot the three Clint Capel doesn't shoot the three Willie Colley Stein doesn't shoot the three and his Cantor doesn't shoot the three so who probably fits the best for Brad Stevenson's system 
Nikola Vukovic. So, I mean, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was common sense to really just just go all in with him, but they decided to go a different direction because they didn't probably didn't expect Kimba to be available to them. They probably think that you know, obviously they were shooting for him, but they didn't know that it was actually going to be reality, and kind of things just kind of just. This all came fast, <laughs> like it, like it didn't just come like, like you know we just had the draft and we're it's a week later and they're already thinking about signing Kimball Walker, you know for a four year max deal. So it's like it all just came fast. So I don't know. I mean, like I said, I'm not like I said. I think it's a good move. It's a I mean you're getting one of the more talented players in the free agent class, but is it the right fit? That's what I'm. That's my sticking point. That's what I'm thinking long and hard about. And you're gonna, get, you have to, gonna have to get a lot of buy-in for it to work. And you, like I said, you have a dynamic with the young guys that may not be, you know, ready to buy in like they would if they were older. So it's like, I mean, you, I mean, you are getting away a few players. You have to get rid of Terry Rozier to actually get this deal done. You have to get rid of Marcus Morris so you renounce the rights of those two guys that were you know, conflicting issues, you know, with the team last year. So it could work. It could not work. It's, there's a lot of question marks with it, but like I said, Danny Ainge is always going to shoot for the swing for the fences. It's always going to shoot, um, shoot the deep, you know, Steph Curry jump shot and try to go for it all. And, and this is what you get. You're going to get possibly Kim Walker coming to the Celtics and, um, we're going to see how they, how they fill that center position. I think, you know, I think Danny Ainge can be creative in those situations. Like he can go, you know, look in Europe to get a big or for a cheap, you know, cheap price. Um, I don't know, maybe via trade, which is probably the only guys available is, is Capella, you know, in Houston and, and Steven Adams in OKC, but it's going to take you giving up something to get that done you know, potentially whether it's a uh, Marcus Smart or to make the numbers work or I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a cap expert, which I should be a little bit more better at it, but I'm not, but it's going to, it's going to take a, you're going to have to give a little, give up something, you know, maybe, you know, maybe one of those young players they could ship out and maybe, I don't know. It's, what I heard today is that it could be a, a three team trade to get Capella to Boston, you know, via the Sixers, which the Sixers would probably, you know, wouldn't be able to, uh, if they can't re-sign Jimmy Butler, then Jimmy Butler goes to Houston, and then Sixers, uh, you know, obviously sign and trade Jimmy Butler to Houston, and then a third team can give the Sixers an uh, asset, whether it's Marcus Smart or, I don't know, like I said, why would you want to deal with uh, a division rival? And help a division rival out, which is I don't know. I'm just just so you can get a center like it. That doesn't make a lot of sense. So I I don't know. Like I said, I may I honestly think maybe the best move would probably be just trying to get Stephen Adams because at least you'd be trading assets to the Western Conference. You're not going to be helping an Eastern Conference team out, giving them a major asset like a like a, a Romeo Langford or Marcus Smarter or whatever draft pick you feel like that team values or covets to make the make the make the move work or, or make the numbers work so i don't know but we're gonna wrap this up 
just have a deep conversation um about it obviously um check my website um check out my um facebook page like my facebook page um obviously you know you search rims and nets on facebook it should come up with and sign rims and sign nets and then same thing on my website um Obviously, there's no and sign on the website, but you can search Google, search rims and and sign nets. You should come up, it should come up on the first um, tab or whatever, and then or you can put in your uh, URL search r i m s double n e t s dot com. Um, it should definitely come up rimsandnets.com. So I'm gonna be uh, updating. You know, I'm gonna have a free agent tracker page that updates. Um, all the top free agents of where they're going, what their old team is to their new team. Um, I'm not going to give you much analysis. I mean, right now, I have a lot of things going on outside of um, the podcast and work and whatnot, and um, potentially moving. You know, moving. I'm probably going to be um, finding a place as well. So I'm definitely going to be in a lot of transition. Um, probably in the upcoming months, I'll probably get, try to get some better equipment. I'm thinking about getting a, a new laptop or, uh, uh, one of those little small, you know, computers that, you know, that are portable, of course, so I can do a lot of these shows on, on the, on the go. Cause I, right now I'm doing, doing it with the equipment that I, that I obviously can't afford at this moment, but obviously I'm trying to upgrade my equipment and vice versa and just try to put out the best content as possible but i'm doing the best i can but uh yeah so like i said strong discussion with that we're gonna see how it goes it's gonna be an interesting week obviously got the summer league next week we're gonna get into that next week um discuss the summer league roster discuss the schedule all the games We'll, we'll definitely I mean, I don't know if there's, I mean, I think there's a few summer leagues that start early Jan, uh, early July. Um, the Orlando Summer League and I think the Utah Summer League, they start a little bit earlier than the Las Vegas one. So there's some games that caught my eye. I'll discuss it on the podcast next week, as well as some games that I'm probably going to like pencil in as, you know, games that you should definitely look at that are going to be very interesting to watch, you know, with, you know, it's always fun to see how the draft picks look. You know, that's their first um, actual professional, you know, the first actual professional go at it. And we like to see how it, they all fare out. So that's going to be fun, you know. And obviously free agency, uh, you know, get you updated with all that. You know, any big, any big uh, signings, definitely we'll post it on the website as well as I'll post. I'll definitely uh, speak about it on on the next podcast. So, uh, so we're gonna wrap this up. You listen to the Rims and Nets podcast. This is your host Rob Morris. I'm out. Peace.